It's almost every day. I'm Josh Thompson. Thanks for joining us as I share thoughts on self-pollination, give beer tips from a presidential hopeful, and provide an early review of South by Southwest's conference and festival. But first, our top story is a bidding rivalry between myself and Ryan Moore, a budding social media influencer who for some reason pinned an op-ed in my local newspaper today. Didn't really seem newsworthy to me, which is why I did respond back. But first, let's hear more from Ryan himself. Before we dig into this topic, I want to give you the opportunity to skip ahead if you don't want to hear a meandering he said, she said about political ideologies. Actually, there's not even a she said in this subject. And shame on me, because I should share more than just male voices on this show white male voices to boot. But as I promise to do better, let's just dig in here. But if that's not for you, use the handy podcast feature and just skip ahead 15, 30 seconds, I don't know, four or five times, and we'll get right back to the irreverent jokes. Until then, let's get to it. I awoke this morning to find an opinion piece published in my local newspaper, The Florida Today, Penned by someone named Ryan Moore. Here's that opinion in its entirety. How I went from liberal to conservative in 30 short years. When liberals read my articles, one of the most common comments, accusations, is, this is a lie. You were never a liberal. My tweets from 2009 to 2016 clearly show otherwise, but I realize now that what they're saying is partially true. I was taught and learned to be a liberal. When I was a teenager, I wasn't interested in politics. I liked music. First, I was obsessed with Elvis Presley and the Beatles. I particularly liked George Harrison and John Lennon, and I liked the peace and love message of the message behind the song, Imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. Imagine there's no countries, and the world will be as one. Even now, I can't say I abhor that message. It's good to look at things in different ways. A little later, I got into David Bowie and was then obsessed with Devo best known for their song, Whip It. When I was 18, I moved to Los Angeles, determined to meet Devo and work for them. I literally exited the freeway and drove to their management office on Sunset Boulevard and met one of them. I worked for them for the next seven years. When I was able to vote in my first election at 18, Devo lead singer Mark Mothersbaugh's girlfriend advised me to always vote Democrat. I looked to Mark and he nodded approvingly, and that is how I became a Democrat. Over the next few years, there were times when I viewed something one way but found out the liberal view was the opposite, so the Democrats whipped me into shape to toe the party line. I remained a Democrat throughout my life, as I thought they cared about what was best for America and for all Americans. It turns out that is not the case. They do not put America and all Americans first. It's the Republican Party and President Trump who put America and all Americans first. I was very anti-gun. My heroes, John Lennon, JFK, RFK, MLK, were all killed by guns. I wanted the Second Amendment to be repealed, and I was no fan of the NRA. In 2012, I tweeted, at Barack Obama, please repeal the Second Amendment and stop the NRA. Less than a year later, while living in San Francisco, I tweeted, I was mugged, two guys with guns, right after getting off a 19 at Polk in Francisco last night at about 10.30. After that experience, my views on guns and the Second Amendment began to gradually change. 
I was born in Seattle. And in 2016, I decided to move back and build a house. I thought about what I would do in the event of a home invasion. I gave it a lot of thought and eventually decided I would purchase a gun and would get a concealed carry permit. In October 2016, I purchased my first gun. I enjoyed target shooting at the range, and given that I had become very pro-Second Amendment, I decided to join the NRA. The majority of the Democratic Party is very anti-gun, which started to push me away, but in November 2016, I was still a Democrat, so I voted for Hillary Clinton. After President Trump was inaugurated, I started listening to him. I started watching NRA TV and Fox News. I'm a fan of legal immigration. I'm not a fan of illegal immigration, allowing people who are not Americans to vote in American elections. House Democrats have rejected a motion to condemn illegal immigrant voting. So I can only assume this means Democrats want to allow Russians who are in the U.S. illegally to vote in our American elections. As an American citizen, I have a problem with this. And I want products to be made in America and made by Americans. My views on some issues had changed, but on many other issues, I had always been conservative. I was finally ready to stop correcting myself to fall in line with the groupthink of the left. I started thinking for myself, and I realized I was in fact now a Republican and a Trump supporter. Now, I very proudly wear my Make America Great Again hat as it is an incredible positive symbol of putting America and all Americans first. As I read through the opinion, as I do most all published in my local paper because I seek a diversity of voices on local issues, I was waiting for that local hook. When it never appeared, I penned a letter to the editor myself, and here's how it went. I'm curious to know the reasons for printing a recent opinion in the Florida Today. The op-ed, How I Went from Liberal to Conservative, authored by Ryan Moore, took readers on an entertaining tour of Mr. Moore's life, but provided little in the way of local values. I encourage many young people to possess the courage of Mr. Moore in following and achieving his dreams of working for the band Devo. However, aligning one's political beliefs to those of artists or musicians simply because you receive an affirming nod is no better than realigning those beliefs based only by what's seen on Fox News and NRA TV. Succumbing to peer pressure is not a positive way to contribute to a representative democracy. Neither, though, is listening to only one stream of voices. Instead of wading through the minutiae that caused a man to change from a free, thoughtful soul to a walled-off, well-armed hermit, can be more eloquently summed by a quote attributed to many. If a person is not a liberal when he is 20, he has no heart. If he's not a conservative when he is 40, he has no head. I wish Mr. Moore all the best in protecting his homestead using a newfound fascination with firearms, but I'm left to wonder. If Mr. Moore long lived in California where he was once robbed at gunpoint before moving to the safety of Washington State, how do his opinions affect the citizens of the Space Coast enough to warrant publication over other local voices? This isn't an attack on Ryan Moore, even though that was a thinly veiled placement, suspectively paid for by the NRA. Instead, I'll say Mr. Moore is trying to do what he feels best for his community, country, and quite possibly the world. After beginning his career as an aspiring musician, writing songs for the Disney TV show Adventures in Wonderland and the film 120 Volt Miracles starring Anthony Edwards and Ned Beatty, 
Mr. Moore went on to a career in social media. He's currently the VP of social for the nonprofit Beagle Freedom Foundation and handles the social media for the nonprofit Animal Rescue Corps and the fine wine merchant Vins Rare. He also lends his time to the incredible For Good team, whose attempt to drive social action for more good in the world is certainly a worthy cause. That's all I'm asking. My worthy cause is local journalism because that affects us the most. If we don't know what's going on at county commission meetings, if we don't know what's in our local drinking water, we will pay the price more than whether we build a wall or not. So please pay attention locally where it matters more and don't be distracted by outside voices. Before we completely deviate from the topic, I want to take a moment to recognize the spanning career of Devo's lead singer, Mark Mothersbaugh. In addition to co-founding the band and playing keys, he's also quite the multimedia artist. In fact, I saw one of his pieces sold on Antique Roadshow, unless that was some sort of weird dream. In addition, Mr. Mothersbaugh has also run a production company, Mutato Musica, which is notable for composing the theme to the Rugrats. Thanks to Stuart Perry for that Zydeco cover of the Rugrats theme. To hear the actual licensed version, turn to YouTube or simply watch your kids watch TV sometime. You might be amazed at what's on. My wife and I had a Rugrats moment over the weekend as we were putting together a picnic table from a kit we bought at Lowe's, and that involved putting it together, sanding it, and then staining it, which we did perfectly without nary a fight because we're awesome and that's what good partners do. But later in the evening, our four-year-old was referencing something from earlier in the day, and she said it happened when you guys were touching that table. What were we doing, we asked? She said, you know, you kept touching that table to see if it was smooth. And that's when I realized that we were having a Rugrats moment. She thought, as we were sanding the table, that we just kept touching it. We told her we were trying to make the table smooth, but she didn't see the sandpaper in our hands. She just saw us buffing and rubbing on the table. And that's exactly what the Rugrats would think, that the adults just have to keep touching stuff, and after a while, it gets smooth. The other task on our to-do list this weekend was to dig up a palm tree. I don't know what kind it was, because I'm not a fan of plants, but I will say it was about my height. You'd think this would be no big deal, but it could have been upwards of 50 years old. The root ball went down about three feet, and then the final root itself probably reached to groundwater. I was able to break its spirit, though, by stabbing it with the shovel and talking a ton of trash, not just about this particular tree, but its entire species. Along the way, it was the first time I had used my full cachet of man strength, and I ripped off a lot of the skin on my hands, but I'll be damned if I didn't win the battle. I took that tree over my head and threw it to the curb, and it's such a POS that nobody's come to get it yet. And I'm kind of happy. As I told the plant, global warming's coming for it. You better tell all its friends while he's still rooted to the system. But that's long since passed, and now the yard men will take that trash tree away. Now, the irony's not lost on me that this palm tree tore up my palms. And in the end, I'm sure our battle against the earth will be lost, and the trees will again win in the end. But if not, is global warming such a bad thing? Do we know I mean, it seems that we need to take our planet back from the plants and trees and flowers and the bees and the bugs. Now, 
though I'm joking because I understand the last house I had, I eradicated all the bees and wasps from the area so my kids wouldn't get stung. And the next thing I know, the cucumbers in my garden never bore fruit because they're not self-pollinating plants. I'm sure my point is moot, for in the skyscraping greenhouses of the future, there'll be plenty of robot bees to pollinate the flowers and the trees. What we need to concern ourselves with, men, is that the war on masculinity is most nearly won. As soon as our female population finds a way to self-pollinate, we really won't be worth our weight at all. They'll figure out their way to dig up their own trees. Our sweat equity won't be worth a can of elbow grease. So get it while it's good. But in the meantime, try to sting a little less so all us wasps aren't eradicated entirely. Speaking of the fairer sex, there are several presidential hopefuls in the next election that are women, but a lot of them seem to fit into female stereotypes. Many blend in the background, a few are black, one's a bitch, another's a babe. Speaking of Elizabeth Warren, my mother-in-law looks a lot like her, so if the pattern of history holds, I'm a very lucky man. Senator Warren found herself speaking at the South by Southwest conference when she was asked what her favorite beer was. Her response, Michelob Ultra, she said, it's the club soda of beers. I'd say that sums that beer up succinctly as only a Harvard professor could. She also said she stays sharp by reading at least two books a week via audio, because when you're listening, you're reading. Stop wasting time converting words into pictures in your mind. Try Audible, the audiobook app, because listening is the new reading. As for South by Southwest, I've never been, namely because I'm no good at directions. Anytime I see the event referenced in print, though, I always think the article's not safe for work. Speaking of other stuff that's NSF dub, I proved that I had willpower the other day when I passed by a link promising to show bald eagles procreating. This goes along with never watching other things you can't unsee, like the movie Titanic or Two Girls, One Cup. I did unfortunately see footage of the woman who jumped into a jaguar cage for better photos. She's going to wish instead that she used a selfie stick because a big cat ended up cutting her arm up good. When you're at the zoo, remain behind the barricades, but when online, break out of your bubble, seek objective information, and ask open-ended questions. Be sure your leaders are a reflection of who you truly are, as we all seek to improve almost every day.